Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drinking Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. Yes, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 191. Thank you for joining us tonight. This, the last podcast of 2022. How you doing, Brian? It's, uh... Been a long road in 2022, Jim. We've done a lot of things, covered a lot of ground. Did yes, we a caught a lot of challenges. <laughs> yeah, we caught up on a lot of Patreon reviews. Yeah, we even had a sponsor for the podcast. So, good year for the page. And yes, we each beat over 50 games. God damn it! We had a fun little outing in May with the new IPA May second year running. First year doing Show Us Your Pumpkins. It's been very very busy for us and we've probably had the most guests than that we've ever had in a given year it's up there so yes speaking of guests we want to give not only just a big shout out to them but just a thank you to everyone who's tuned in over the course of the year all the new patrons and everything like that just anyone who's listened to the show in general everyone who's joined the discord you know we're growing a community over here so it's been a lot of fun but yes for our guests have to give huge shout outs to Blade Blur, Travis Lee of the Roast Mortem Podcast, Wes and Robert from Gaming Off the Grid, Matt and Jay from Not For Human Consumption, Kevin and Grant from The Thought Cops, who were on twice, Alex and Trav from Drunk Friend, John from John Breaks Bad News, good old TJ the Kite Man, Ruin Longy from Gelatinous, Super Nintendo, Scarlet Sprites, uh, Ryan Blue and Donnie from the Gamers Week Podcast, Zwick, Nerdy Nick, and Pam and Michelle from the Point and Drink Adventure. Thank you to all of you for hopping on the show this year. Yeah, and speaking of Nick, a special thank you for being a co-host for our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh, one just dropped yesterday, and we're recording this on 27th. So uh, we reviewed Thanksgiving and got to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. So if you do support us on Patreon, thank you already. But if you have that special tier, make sure you check it out. It's been a great a great time just to talk about something other than just beer and games. It is nice diving into movies. Yeah, it's nice. And it, it's it been nice, too, because it's, like, forced me to keep up with some current media, which I've been very bad about doing. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it's, uh, like Jim said, we, we've definitely put a bigger focus. Um, we already have three or four Patreon reviews lined up already. Um, two... In the editing process, it's just one more to record. Uh, well, it's going to be two more now because good old JD Mains finally gave us his game review request. So we're going to be doing Body Harvest on the N64. So that's one I've had for a little while. I've been looking forward to getting around to it, actually. But I think like Rockstar early, like before GTA 3, like open, like sandboxy 3D game. But so like involves... top down? No, third person. Yeah, third-person 3D, like, open-world-ish kind of game. So, it's interesting. On the N64? Yeah. All right. It's kind of ahead of its time. So, yeah, uh, I've, I've only spent a little bit of time with it before, so that'll be fun to get our, get our mitts into that. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the $5 tier gets you the bonus episodes, game review requests, all that crap, and every tier gets you a little bit of something. And uh, while we're speaking of guests as well, we guest starred on a number of shows, and... All the links will be below in the descriptions of whatever platform you watch or listen to this on. So, uh, Not Human Consumption, we both did episodes 219 and 264. Ro- Roast Mortem, we did episode 225. Uh, I did the Rich Dickman Show, episode 207. Uh, I was on the Monday Night Grift on Vito's channel for episodes 12 and 24. I was on uh, Reliving Retro, talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duels to the Roses, so check that out. We were both on The Leadest, episode 63. 
the Gamers Week podcast. I did episode 38. Brian did episode 45. I did episode 97 of Drunk Friend. Brian did episode 98. And we were both on episode 274 of Thought Cops. So thank you to all these shows for having us on. No, it was a great time. We always appreciate it. And uh, if you are someone who listens to the show and you have a show and you want us on, always hit us up on really any of social media. We, we love doing that. We love interacting with you guys. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. So, um, yeah. So I guess with all that out of the way, Bri, what are you drinking tonight? So um, Jim and I usually record on Monday nights. And oh, uh, between Christmas, Christmas Eve, and just seeing Jim on Friday, um, it was just a nonstop drinking fest. So I needed one day for my liver to recover. Uh, so I have some leftover Sam Adams winter lagers. Um, I was going to save. I bought two beers. I don't know if you ever saw them, Jim. They're called Bad Elf and something like Very Bad well Elf or like so, something to that degree. Have you ever heard of that? No. I never saw that before myself. Um, nice alternatives to Mad Elf, Rude Elf. Like the one is a winter ale, so it's almost a little bit of a hoppier, like spicy ale, I'll call it. And then the other one was an Imperial Red Ale, which was like 14%, but it's a red ale, so it's kind of light, very boozy, but goddamn delicious. Um, so then I had switched over to the Sam Allen Winter Lagers. As described, they're festive and smooth. No matter what or how you celebrate the spiced holiday lagers, rich malt notes and accents of cinnamon, ginger, and orange peel are perfect for any festivity. And like most things from Sam Adams, I don't know if the consensus is people give them shit or not. I really haven't had bad beers from them. Like, I can't think of a bad Sam Adams I've had. No, actually, to that point, I went through a lot of Sam Adams the past couple of days. <laughs> uh, Jesus, God, I have so much Sam Adams. <laughs> like, I had a bunch of the, uh, for when I hosted us on Friday night, I had the Sam Adams winter pack. And they were all good. It was like five or six mm-hmm. different ones in there. Like, yeah. I can't think of a single bad one I had. But, yeah, uh, to Brian's point, I've been drinking since, ugh, what do we do, the bonus episode on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, one of them? I think we did the bonus on Thursday. Then Thursday, then. you Friday. Yeah, Friday, our college buddy came in from Seattle, so we all hung out for that. Saturday was Christmas Eve, drinking over my parents. Sunday was Christmas Day, drinking at my own house. Yesterday was hanging out with the neighbors and having some drinks, so... Yeah, I'm, my body's beat up. I'm done. Uh, See, so yeah, I've, I've been downing water all day. And for my beer tonight, I'm keeping it as close to water as I have in the house. So coming <laughs> off some Miller Lights. Ah, uh, Chambers. <laughs> I'm hurting. I'm old and fat. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> now, it's, uh, yeah, it was nice taking taking a little, little break between a whole lot of really good whiskey on Christmas Day and multiple beers plus a game uh my wife's grandmother got us which is called buzzed think of it like never have i ever but with like almost like cards against humanity so it's a lot of like if anyone you know of the people here who's the best at sex the one with the most votes wins or you know great to play with your grandma (laughs) damn it um but yeah it was i went through so much beer so fast in that that it was, yeah, we, we definitely will be playing that. So don't you worry. You'll, you'll experience it. Oh, I'm sure. So, Jim, I know we just talked on Thursday with Nick, but have you played anything since then? 
Have you had any time to play anything? Uh, so yeah, I didn't mention it on the main show, but I was playing this game called Maximus 2, which is a nice little, almost like th- throwback beat-em-up. On this. It's going to be coming to Switch soon. We got an early code for it. So I'm going to do a little Let's Play for the channel so people can see what it's like. But um, besides that, not really. I actually sat down with Elden Ring for the first time in months <laughs> and only put like about an hour into it. But I spent like the first 15 minutes relearning all the controls. I was like, mm-hmm. how do I run? That would be nice to know. That is, you just summed up my from software experience with most games except Bloodborne. Have you yeah. gotten to the point yet where you almost want to restart so you know what you're doing? Because you part, probably forget where you're at. Part of me was kind of like, maybe I should just restart, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like the game where it like truly matters and like it, all the text is like stupid George R. R. Martin, like Middle Earthy old English speak. So I barely know what I'm doing anyway. I'm just going to stumble along to fucking plot points and take it from there. <laughs> I'm just going to keep beating bosses until I dumb luck my way into winning. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I, um,. So for Christmas, I know I saw you post pictures, and so did I, the gaming content we got. Uh-huh. So one of the things I've been highly anticipating is I got the Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is XCOM 2 with Marvel characters. Um, what I will say is I know it's going to be, just like XCOM 2, a very big game. Um, there is so much to do, and... I don't know if this is good or bad, but, like, you know how in XCOM and XCOM 2, you've got, like, your home base and things you got to do at there? Yeah. Well, instead of just having, like, a stationary, like, overworld kind of thing, it's more of an interactive base you have for this where you can walk around and talk with people and find collectibles. So it adds a lot of depth and a million things to do to get, like, new cosmetics or new power-ups or da-da-da-da-da. I almost am, like... Is it going to be too much? Like, I I am really enjoying the game. The biggest difference from any XCOM game so far is there's no cover. It's just, it's all action. So it's like, you're limited, just like in XCOM, to a certain amount of moves. But this one is more strategic, I'd say, than XCOM. Um, It's just really, you know, I don't think they're you can make a bad game from that company. So we'll see how much I really like it. But that's honestly been the primary, like, all I've been putting my time into. Oh, yeah, because that's for Axis 2, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what? You saw talking about, like, going around that base. It reminds me of when I used to, pl- when I was playing the Mass Effect games. And, like, after every single mission, I would go through the uh, the ship and talk to, like, every single person on there that, to see if there's, like, one new dialogue thing. That's or one exactly new thing to unlock. what this is. Yep, yep. Yep. And it's like, oh, after I talk to people, now go check the forge. Now go check this. Now go uh-huh. check the, Yeah, so it's it's just like that. So if you like that stuff, you'll really like this. You can't say there's not a lot of content in it. I'll say that. Sounds like it. Yeah. But uh, Jambers, speaking of games, and, even, and as of today, uh, technically on the 28th on Wednesday, uh, we will have our final Level 50 Club update. And as we said last episode, we were mentioning the fact that we recorded it. We're finally done. Um, But not only was the Level 50 Club created because we wanted to get rid of some games, like get our backlog down, give ourselves a challenge. But another piece of that was that we had some resolution games that we wanted to get done. So now that this year has come to an end, what do you have for next year? Well, Brian, let's wrap up our games from last year first. So, uh... I beat all of mine. Uh, how'd you wind up doing? 
the only ones I have left, and I unfortunately I had some biggies, is Halo Infinite, Horizon Zero Dawn, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Mass Effect 2. Mm. I definitely overloaded myself with crazy... Now, like, I had also on there, like, GTA 5, Witcher 3. So I beat some humongous games, but all those are, like, equivalent to 80-hour games. Yeah, you didn't make it easy on yourself. No, no. So I am... I will say... Yeah, I had super hot on my list. Two-hour games. (laughs) Exactly. So I am changing that for sure this year um but first jim i want to hear what do you got going on all right uh so for my 2023 games so my biggie my biggest biggie biggie i'm gonna beat fucking elden ring cool sit down and beat it it's gonna probably take me 150 goddamn hours but i don't even know if it's the time that i would say you want to do it because i i believe you would commit it's just difficult and i don't I, i not challenging your gaming abilities jim I just, I can't remember the last difficult game you've beaten. I'm a mucker and grinder, Bri. Look, I beat Zelda <laughs> 2 last year, all right? It's no it's no, no slouch. It's nothing compared to From Software games. Mm. But, yeah, so uh, I'll also be doing Luigi's Mansion. Uh, the first one, Bonk's Revenge on the Turbo. Finally want to sit down and finish Symphony of the Night. Uh I started oh, yeah, mm-hmm. now. Nah, I started years ago and I got really lost. Like I just could not find something that I needed. So, did you uh, at least get the inverse castle? Never even got that. Oh far. shit! Okay. Yeah. So this year I definitely want to do that. Metroid Prime, the first one, seems like one I should have always gotten around to. So I'm going to give it a shot. I tried it before and didn't like it, but I'm going to at least play, force myself to play through it this year. Uh, this might be a mistake, especially since I'm struggling with goddamn Shadow the Hedgehog right now. But Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. So, it's a port of Sonic Adventure 2 on the GameCube. Um, I I forget why it's called Battle. I think they added, like, a game mode or some shit like that. I know it's considered, like, an inferior version of the game, but I don't have it on Dreamcast, so I'm not going to pay for it at this point. So, I'm going to play what I got. Uh, And then also on the GameCube. I'm trying to hit a lot of GameCube next year. Chibi Robo. So... Game where you basically are a tiny little robot that goes around the house doing chores. It's a weird concept, but it's a very expensive game, and it's a game that people either seem to love or hate. So it's like a meme game that Scott the Wise like fucking blew up. So I want to sell it, but I want to at least play it first before I do. So it'll force me to at least do both. I probably won't sell it, but I'll at least play it. Uh, and then Horizon Zero Dawn, because I've always heard amazing things about that. Uh, 2018's God of War. I want to get around to that if I want to eventually play Ragnarok 2. And then probably the one that, among all of them, I should have played through all the way by now, Super Mario World. Oh, wow. You never... I've never fully played it. That was a game that I played a ton as a kid. Like, whenever my dad would go over his, like, best friend's house, or one of his best cop friend's house, they had it as Super NES, and I would always sit there and play Super Mario World, but, like, I was never there long enough to, like, you know, beat it. Or sure. get far, and I didn't have my own game save in it or anything like that. So, I put a lot of time into it, but I've never just sat down and beaten it. And my actual cart, uh, the battery's dead, but it's on Switch Online, so I'll just do it there. Nice. No, that's a... Jim, you may be doing the Brian mistake. You have some heavy hitters on that get list. I you, mean, have, you have Elden Ring, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and just uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Those three together, that's... 
Those are hefty movies. Horizon and, El- Horizon and Elder Ring. Those are the big ones. I think Symphony is only like a 10-hour game. And if you know what you're doing, it's even less. I don't even think it's all that long. I thought it was. Yeah. See, for some reason, I felt like, yeah. I remember it did that same problem of, like, I had to keep retracing. I'm like, where the fuck do I go? Yeah, Plus, I it think- could get hard if you don't use the right, like, magic with item da, 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 da. the right helper friend with you and all that shit yeah. yeah so which i'm sure i will do because that's what i always do in goddamn games mm-hmm. so yeah i'll make it harder for myself than i have to but that's my list nice this year i am definitely padding my list and not not with crap games just games that i've always wanted to beat or recently collected so starting off from ps2 i have dark watch um, oh. Similar to you, Jim, I kind of am focusing on the PS2, Xbox, GameCube, and I'm throwing Dreamcast in there. Like, I've recently collected a lot of games for that generation, so you're going to see a theme here. So that Dark Watch, Ill Bleed, which I got for $10. Bastard. <laughs> famously. Same Bastard. As, same as Carriers for Dreamcast, so those mm. two. Um, Luigi's Mansion, I do have it for the GameCube. Oh, so nice. I, I've never played that. And it still bothers the shit out of me that still to this day, Luigi's Mansion 3 will not ever go on sale. And I know Nintendo games never do, but God damn it, can't you just give me a half off one time, Nintendo? Nope. Once? Nope. Wait until the Switch 2, Brian. Bastards. Uh, now, some more obscure PS2 games, Jim. I don't know if you ever heard of Primal. I've heard of it. I've never like played it. Yeah. Uh, that black, the FPS. Oh, yeah, I know that. Which is yeah. debatably... It was the longest-running best FPS game forever until, really, CODs and Halos. Isn't that, like, every single thing in that game is destructible, too? Like, yeah. Like, that was, like, it, a big gimmick with it? It was so great. And I had beaten it way back in the day, but uh, I recently recollected it where I broke my rule of, like, I only collect horror games. That was a game where I was like, I miss playing that, so let me get it. Um, then God of War Ragnarok, as you mentioned. First God of War, you definitely want to play it. I had to just take back the copy my wife got me because, once again, thank you, Todd, for sending me your copy, the digital copy of that game. So I'll be playing that, uh, Marvel Midnight Suns. I know it's going to be a long game, but I know I want to beat that completely. Callisto Protocol, another game I got for Christmas, so I'm going to do that. Um, And then the final is uh, Last of Us, a game I've played but actually haven't beaten all the way through. So, I was debating putting that on my list, too, because I have it. I've never touched it, but... Yeah. I It's another one where I've started it for whatever reason. I think, like, there's been, there's been a long, long time where there was there weren't many PS3 games I've honestly ever beaten. That that list is very small, because I would always have it, like, where in my room with my Same. wife. Like, so I just never played it, and then once I got PS4, haven't touched it much, but PS5, especially this past year, I've been burning through games so that's why make it's a makes sense but um i am adding my other four that i didn't do from last year carrying them over this year so mm. um as we said we're not we may not necessarily be doing the level 50 club we have some ideas for something for next year um i'd be f- better with just saying like let's dedicate 20 games you know you call them all resolution games or 20 games you know you must beat this year yeah and do a check off list like that so. or oh you know what hey how about this how about this 23 and 23 so 23 have, yeah yeah okay. make sure you, you know. but there's a caveat they have to be all new games to you 
Yes, I am fine with that. 23 games in 2023, all new games to you. Yeah. Yeah. We could I make like it even spicier and be like, well, I don't want to say send us a list because something could come out in the, you know, the end of the year and be like, I want to play this. And then you don't get around to something else. Yeah, I, I think you just, just dedicate yourself to 23 games. So you've never played them. Um, that, that's, that's literally the rule. Like, you've never beaten it prior. So, you know, I can't count black, which is on my resolution list because I have beat it previously, but I'll I'll make 23 games. So there we go. Hashtag 23 and 23. We'll make it happen. Yep. Because, yeah, my list is all new games to me. And I do have my three games I got at Christmas. I know for sure if I'm doing Elden Ring like uh, Persona 5, I am not going to have on my 23 list because that's like a 200 hour <laughs> game. So. Like, yeah, I, like I said, it, you you could go the gym route if you want to like pre-list it, but then, as he said, like give yourself room because there was that game you and I talked about, Jim, that roguelike that's in the car. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, I'm Pacific Drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know. We've gone over a lot of games that are coming out next year, but you know, just just make sure it's twenty three games you actually haven't played. Yep, that, that's a caveat. So, yeah, no, uh, I'm excited. Like I said, it's going to be a very, very interesting year for gaming. Um, it'll be nice. The 50 was a, a good experiment. Got rid of a lot of backlog. But I think it also got to a point where it was almost like I couldn't enjoy the game. Like, I couldn't really dick around with the game. I was like, let me just get through the story so I can say I beat this now. And, yeah. Yeah, same thing here. And, like, it just took away from everything else, like, with the page and like, it was good because it got me back more into, like, playing casually, but it also still kind of felt like work, having that many to do. So, yeah, it was no, a weird balance. Yeah, I loved the interaction, everyone who joined. So, once again, um, you're seeing this episode. There's a couple days left in the year. If you have your list, just let us know. Even if you want to tell us, I did beat this many games in this year, we'll add you to the list, and we'll uh, we'll print that out there for everyone to see. Yeah, a couple guys like uh, Max Marvel and Akari Metal Slugger in the Discord, they both just posted their 50th today and yesterday. So Nice. Everyone's rounding out the year. Yep. So, uh, so Jamber, speaking of rounding out the year, before we get to the main topic for tonight, what Patreon questions do we have? Yes, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game, where for as little as $2 a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single episode. Once again, huge shout out to all of the patrons, old and new, and even the ones who had to, you know, leave for different reasons, but we really do appreciate all the support we've had over the year, so thank you guys. You know, you're helping the page, you know, grow and keeping us doing what we're doing it means a lot and on top of that we didn't get to say it earlier but another humongous shout out this has definitely also been one of our bigger years for twitch considering i even haven't streamed as much as i would like um as with all things my intent is to definitely stream a whole lot more uh life we'll see what throws at me but i i the support has been amazing so thank you all it you know it, it really does mean the world Yep. So first up from Drewski, what is the most expensive beer that we were the most disappointed by? Huh. Most expensive. So mine would probably be the rum barrel aged pumpkin. Um, only because it's not even so much it was, it, I mean, it was expensive, 
but I waited in a line like unreasonably long for beer. Like it, now, granted, I probably only waited like a half hour, but that still was really long. And I probably paid twenty to twenty five bucks for a big bottle. Um, I've definitely spent more on single bottles of beer. Uh, I think the most I've ever spent was probably sixty, but on like a big boy. Hmm. Um, but that one I remember just having and going, huh? Like. It didn't do anything that special for me. And I haven't actually seen them do the rum releases anymore for that. Yeah. So I, it was many years ago. It was probably 2015-ish, 2014. Uh, yeah, that was that was my biggest letdown of a beer I waited for and paid too much for. Yeah. Um, I might have to go the only beer I ever waited for. And again, like you, it's not like I disliked it, but uh, what do you call it? Dogfish 120-minute IPA. Uh, because this was back in 20, what, 14, when it was like really first coming out Mm -hmm. and you had to wait in line for it and you were only allowed to buy two at a time. And it was like 13 bucks for a single bottle and they only limited you to two. And I was like, this better be the best goddamn thing I've ever had in my life. And I had it and I was like, yes, it's good. I just kind of only taste booze. Like I didn't even taste Mm -hmm. IPA in it. And I was like, this, this is it. This is the freak out. Yeah, one of the few beers that uh, you actually should age, and it's funny, this year we did that, that buying that shit, um, I still have bottles from. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so we definitely, actually, if it was 2013, that'll be 10-year anniversary next year, so we will definitely be cracking those bad boys open. Oh, shit. All I right. think I wrote the years on it. I'll double check, but either way, you know, let's break them out next year. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, I had one that I was aging for a couple years, and I broke it out when I moved when I bought my house and moved in. So nice. So that was a nice, you know, celebratory one. I think it tasted better after being aged. I, if I remember right, I think more of like the actual flavor came through than just booze. So yeah. uh, I can sign off on that. But yeah, now you can get them at like fucking Acme. So there's nothing yeah. special about them anymore. Well, that's what pissed me off is when we did that waiting for it, and then I was at Weiss one time, and they were just there. I was like. Uh- can I just buy them? They're like, oh yeah. Like nobody knows they're here. I was like, what? What the hell? It like pissed me off. It was like yeah. literally a week you're like, later. Wait, I was like, you're selling them in four packs. I thought you're only allowed. <laughs> they're like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, there are, and I will say, beer is one of those things. It's been my general experience. Yes, it is ridiculous to charge double digits and you know, talking 40 or up. But like the the beer I got, Chris, uh, when I was over at your house. Yeah. That thing was goddamn delicious, and it was mm-hmm. worth the price. Whereas other ones, um, I saw this one 12-ounce bottle for $65 called Wendigo. What? I What? I, there's part. There's such a part of me that wants to go, like, I, I want to try it, but I can't justify spending. Like, if it was just at least a big boy bottle, I could go, okay, I right. can justify Patreon. this. This is expensive. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I said the most expensive stuff I ever did. Do you remember in the old uh, beer store when they were around us, um, those big stone, like almost ceramic, and they were called like Viking blood or whatever? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think my wife got me one for Christmas one time, and it was like, I think those things were like 80 bucks, but they were big. And I will say, I mean, there were 16 percenters, like... It, they, it doesn't taste like you're just drinking beer anymore, but they were delicious. Mm. So, yeah. Like I said, beer is one of those things. I'm not going to say price always equates to quality. Um, 
I'd highly suggest if you're ever going to pay more than $20 for any kind of single beer, make sure you know that brewery, try some other beers, see if that's the type you'd like. My biggest suggestion. Good advice there. Yeah, do not go blind or go, oh, let me try that. Must be good. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. Damn it. And uh, last up from Todd Howard Sucks. So with New Year's about to happen, can we get a new Jim's Krusty Corner story? I mean, Jim, we can't disappoint him. I mean, I, I feel like we. <laughs> Anytime know, something like this comes up with a game request or a question, I always think to Pam and Michelle going, you know, you can tell people no, but no, I can't. I'm a whore. <laughs> no, you cannot. No. Not That's a, why not, there's a crusty corner to begin with. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Uh, Jim, which crusty? I mean, I'm trying to remember. We've definitely told the God of War story. Yeah, we did that a few times. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm sure you have a whole library in your head. I mean, I've I live my whole life as a crusty corner. Actually, uh, all right, let's. Oh God, this is disgusting. All right, let's keep <laughs> let's keep it crusty. Um, so as a kid, discovering myself as you do. You find ways to dispose of the evidence. Let's call it that. So uh, when I was when I was younger, what do you call it? I had a certain jizz rag. And oh my god! You it was like specific. You couldn't even use toilet paper. No, nah, I mean obviously I did a lot, but sometimes it wasn't around, and sometimes I didn't plan ahead. So I just remember there was this one. It was like a washcloth or something, <laughs> and uh, that that was old faithful. It was always there when I needed it, but it was also you kind of like. I didn't know how to do the wash myself yet either back then. So I'll just like kind of like put it away or like stash it. So let's just say over time. All right, let's put it this way. If I was in a car that was went off a bridge and into the water, I could probably have broken the glass with that rag by the time I was done with it. You made paper mache is what That's, you're saying. No, I, I made diamonds. That's what I made. That thing was rock hard. Shockingly, not discolored as you would think, but it was it was, it was rock hard. It was. Ugh. What was the moment when you're like, I I now have to get rid of this. I I don't even think I had that moment. I think my parents just must have found it one day and just put it in the wash. <laughs> like they never asked about it. Oh, they it. washed I, it. I never heard a word about it. Oh no. I think it just got washed one. No, day. parents one hundred and one. <laughs> if you have a teenage son. If you ever find any article of clothing or rags. It's a little you, too starched you know, for its own good. You just throw it out. Yep. That's it. Like I, I hope they just threw it out. We had a lot of rags that were like that, so they could have just thrown it out. But knowing my parents, they weren't ones for throwing things away. Damn it, Jim. <sighs> Happy New Year, everybody. That is... You know what, Jim? I really think, depending on how the support goes... I would love to see someone animate that skit for us. <laughs> <laughs> There's the challenge, people. Oh if my! You, if you know an artiste who can do, you can do some uh, digital animation. Now, Jim, not that I necessarily want to dive deeper into your corner. Go ahead. But I, I am curious. You know, knowing we are the same age, so. And knowing the computer you had, I doubt you used your computer. So, what was your go-to material? Oh, no, I was using the iMac. So you were watching the scan lines go down with the dial-up? Pretty much. I was like the Internet King. I was a comic book guy. <laughs> or the old uh, trick of starting a download the night before and just letting it go overnight. Uh, so yeah. I knew that they wouldn't interrupt it with a phone call in the mor- or you know, and anything like that. 
Yep. Back in the day when like a three minute video would take about ten hours to download. Mm-hmm. You fucking yeah. kids. You don't know. You don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> oh man. You had to be resourceful back in the day. Now hey. it's just it's too goddamn easy. I'll just say that. I know. Like <laughs> you just you just scroll through the pages and you're just like, I'm I'm overwhelmed with choice here. <laughs> I don't just have that one hidden folder all the way, you know, in the back of the computer. Oh man, I mean, being a kid and having WWF magazines at the time, I know Sables or Terry Runnels or Sonny's. It was, oh, I had them all in my closet. Yep. It was Steph McMahon, Lita, Sonny, Terry, all had them all. Mm-mm-mm. Man, God damn it, Jim! I'm never <laughs> using. I'm never using a rag at your house. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, don't you need to take a shower? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I love that question, by the way. Be, be sure in the new year, ask away for more Jim's Krusty Corner. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to run out, but. Are you, though? I don't know. You might have to dive deep in that corner. I don't know. There's, it's a pretty big corner. It's pretty deep. <laughs> and then there's stories I could tell from, from other people, too. So, I mean, yeah, you're like, a, you're like uh, that show, Cabinet of Curiosities. Except it's Jim's cabinet of crusties. Oh God! <laughs> you just open a shelf. The first thing is a hard rag falls on the floor. <laughs> Makes a thump. Dust going everywhere. But you have to put your foot on the wall to help you open it up. God damn it, Jim! Great question. I love that. <laughs> but yes, that wraps up the questions for this year. So once again, thank you to all of our patrons for the support through the year. And two bucks gets you quality content like this. <laughs> it sure does. Thank you guys again. We really, like I said, it, every every cent goes back into the show. So we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, Chambers. So it's been at least two years since we've done one of these. Um, we started in 2016. And we were going to do it every year, but then quickly realized every year might be a little too soon. You got to let these things breathe. And we forgot um, a couple times. Yeah. But I think the other biggest part is like, how often are these lists going to change? Maybe not a lot, maybe a little, but we're showing our top 20 favorite games. And as we always do in the past, past we just go back and forth. Um, Jim, I don't know about you. There were some big shifts in my list this year. Some things shifted around, um, and some things fell off the list. Some things added. Uh, but I always say I'm kind of like outside my top five. I'm kind of not as locked in to like the other spots. Like mentally, like if it, you're in my top 20, these are just all games I love a whole lot is the yeah. easy way I'll put it. Um, so, Jambers... I will let you do the honors of starting us off with your number 20. Uh, number 20 for the fourth time in a row. I've even said it when I was on Reliving Retro. I will always have Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses on this list, and it will probably always be at number 20. It's just a game that I put so many hours into in my mid to late teens. It was an obsession. I like. There's a slot machine mechanic in the game, and it's the only way you can get the Blue Eyes White Dragon. If you like the anime, it was all about Blue Eyes White Dragon. And I put like 400 hours into that goddamn game before I finally fucking got one. So, 
And then after I did that, I deleted my save and started all over from scratch. So that makes sense. But yeah, that's a game I'll eternally love. It's not like the card game for the most part at all, but it's one that's always near and dear to my heart. Hmm. Okay. My number 20 is Gran Turismo 2. Uh, it's moved a few times on my list, but just like Jim, it's when I think of nostalgic racing games, that soundtrack, the amount of cars you could have, customization. I, re- I remember driving down to Florida with my best friend and his family. We had a mini TV in the back, and we were playing that game, um, getting the 1,000-horsepower uh, Suzuki in that game and going on on – some of the circuits that were just it was ridiculous how fast you were going there's so much about that game i love obviously to anyone today you'd go back and be like why would anyone like this but it's pure nostalgia for me i'll never not have it on my list just like jim yep i think it still looks good too i mean yeah it's got that ps1 jank but for a ps1 game it looks amazing and like i said if you want a good collection of not the toppest hits from the 90s that has great great soundtrack oh yeah all right, my number 19, the original Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Genesis. This actually dropped a lot from where I normally have it. Normally I have it like teetering yeah. on top 10. You know what happened? I've played a lot more Sonic in general this year, and I'm kind of way more critical of Sonic games themselves anymore. Hmm. So, like, I can't, like, I, it's still on here because of, like, nostalgia. I still love playing it. Yeah. And, like, it's got, in my mind, it still has the best soundtrack in the entire series. But,. Like, I guess, like, I can't look past a lot of its flaws as much as I could before. So, I still love it. And I will say Sonic 3 probably is a better game. I mean, it definitely is a better game. But this is still the one that, like, I'm going to wind up popping in if I pop any of them in. Okay. Now, now let me ask you, even though we, I know we've talked about this, you don't like Sonic 2 better than Sonic 1? I still like Sonic 1 better. I like it better because... It's way less frustrating to beat. Like, if I'm going to play it, I at least get that satisfaction because that fucking Death Egg robot at the end of Sonic 2 is such a pain in the balls. And I still like the soundtrack just better than Sonic 1. Nice. So my number 19, PUBG. It came on my list for the first time in 2020. Uh, That year was such a fun year. Me and our friends talk about because... We discovered this game. It was so ridiculous. It was buggy at times, but it at times gave us... <laughs> at times. <laughs> but that was almost part of the charm. It was so ridiculous. Like it am is. I gonna spawn into a couch or just like is this shot gonna hit or not? And when you win in that game, there's n- I've played plenty of uh, battle royale games, and this is the original OG for those. And there's nothing that feels more satisfying than winning in any of those style games than this one. And they have done a ton of updates to it. They've added a lot more maps, a lot more weapons. Um, And every month or two, I go back. Some of my friends are still playing it. I pop on, and it's been a trend. I, I don't play it for months. I hop on with them. We get a chicken dinner, and then I leave. Every time that has happened. So it's kind of like a running joke now. Nice. But, but the goofiness you can have with this game, it's it's just always going to be there for me. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, the jank is definitely part of the charm there. Oh, yeah. Um, next up, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, another game that... You skipped over one of yours. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, 18. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, the Miller Lights are hitting hard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, number 18, uh, Pokemon Soul Silver. So... Like, I'm, you know, as we know, I'm not a big JRPG guy at all, 
But the Pokemon games, they might be baby's first ones, but I still really got a lot of enjoyment out of them. I always flip-flop between this and Red, and then as I was putting this list together, I was like, wait, all of Pokemon Red is in Soul Silver, so why not just put the better thing on there? So, that was going to be my number one question, you. I saw from the past, you literally had Red, Soul Silver, Red, Red, now Soul Silver. Yeah, Red's the one I put the most time into and I have the most nostalgia for, but Soul Silver has all of Red in it, so. So, yeah, why not? Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic fucking update to Pokemon Silver, throw Red in there, uh, content out the ass, it just plays well. Even have the Pokewalker that came with it because it's a DS game, so. When I'd be going on my walks back in the day, I'd be leveling up a Pokemon just, you know, as I'm going around. So if you like Pokemon at all, it's it's one of the best ones that I still think people think it's up there as one of the top ones. Maybe not like, you know, top top anymore. It's always like sun and moon and fucking I think actually people really like the new ones, even though they're buggy messes and shit like that. But for the real old, old ones, that's probably like the one to go to. Nice. So my number 18 New game we just beat this year, XCOM 2 Enemy Unknown. Uh, since we started doing these lists, I've always had XCOM. Not Enemy Unknown, Brian. Or, just XCOM 2. Yeah, XCOM 2. Uh, Get it right, Brian. I've always had XCOM Enemy Unknown on these lists since we've been doing it. Always knew it's been my favorite tactical game out there. XCOM 2 just does so much even better than that game, so it was a no-brainer. It was going to get added to this list, as we, we said we say in our review that's going to be coming soon. Uh, you really, really should do yourself the favor and try this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait for the full review. Watch it. Please watch. But yes, you definitely should go out and play it. Uh, my number is 17, as I just said. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. <laughs> so another one of those games that I put so much goddamn time into as a kid. Uh, it's one that I eventually got everything in 100%ed, got every single gold medal. It took years for me to fucking do it. And it was also that combination of like being the right game for the right time on the right system. Cause like that was the height of my star Wars fandom that, you know, the N64 was life for me back then. So I still can go back to it and enjoy it. Like when we, we played it a few years ago for the review, I was like, Man, this takes me back. So <laughs> I still enjoy it. It's, it tends to sit in the same exact spot somehow almost every year. But yeah, I just love it. Just, yeah, it's a go to for you. So for me, my number 17 is a newbie on this list. And with Witcher 3, I just did it this year. Um, it is fresh in my mind. I didn't get through all the DLCs. And apparently, the one DLC, I think it's called Blood and Wine, is like just as good as the base game itself. So um, I this was a game I was cautious about. And at first, I wasn't sure about the combat or some of the things you could do. But once I really allowed myself to get invested in the world, into like doing what I want to do, how I want to do it, the game is a masterclass in storytelling and action in an open world. And it's a reason why it won like every award it could when the year it came out. So... I never played Witcher 1. I played maybe 20 hours into Witcher 2, and it kind of lost. I lost interest in it. So this is one I skipped a line. And honestly, I think you can too. If you want to get into the Witcher games, you don't have to do the first two, especially one, because that's its own weird thing. But Witcher 2, you could probably skip and go right to this one. Yeah, I heard 1 and 2 are pretty rough to go back to. So yeah. if I ever get around to it, I'll definitely hit 3. I've heard nothing but universal love. Yeah, for sure. All right, number 16. Uh, the Tetris family of games. So 
Tetris, and especially my obsession with Tetris 99. Still <laughs> haven't fucking won. Still never got first place. <laughs> One of these years, Jim. One of these years. I still I go back to it way less now than I, you know, did in my heyday, but I'll still have like a little like a week here or there where I'll pop it on like a bunch of times and try and then get frustrated, cry and put it away for a while. But yeah, I mean Tetris is just such a go to on any console it's on. I can always yeah. pop it in and have a good time, so it's gonna make the list. Yeah. Now every time I see that on your list, I think I'm like, that's something I should have on my list. But the reality is as much as it's I think it has the most iconic video game song. I, I can't just put it on there, especially because I beat Tetris 99 so much. It was like cakewalk at that point. <clears throat> Jim, were you getting tired of me sending you all my wins? In that? Thank, th- thank you for not playing it for a while, Brian. <laughs> my number 16, a game that surprisingly I always kind of put on the sidelines, but after our review which I can't remember. It might have been last year. Um, Marvel's Punisher, or The Punisher for PS2. Oh, we reviewed that a couple years ago. Was it a couple? I, oh, I yeah. can't remember. Dude, it's been like four years, four or five years. I, it all blends to me at this point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> It's a game that, like a lot of things, like anyone who ever asked me, I can't recommend it enough as in one of the most underrated Marvel games out there. Definitely probably the most violent tied with like Wolverine. And it's just one that every time I've gone back to, even though I've seen all the kills and done it, there is something just so satisfying and the story's good. Like there's just so much well done that I wish they would make more Marvel games like that these days. I know they probably won't, but it was at an age where it's like they were willing to go balls to the wall and that game holds up today. Yeah, I was shocked by how much fun I had with it because I had never touched it until we did it for the review, and I really did like it. Yeah, yeah. All right, my number 15, Halo 3. Uh, It's my favorite Halo, still my favorite Halo to this day. Uh, It's my favorite campaign. It's my, well, I mean, I guess outside of ODST, but Halo 3 is like the more complete game. Um, It's the most fun I ever had with multiplayer, especially online, you know, with as long as I played Halo. And... I mean, you have the forage mode. You just had so much with it. like, And just playing co-op with our buddies in college and shit like that. Halo 3, another one. Right game, right time. But I absolutely loved it. I've played through it a couple times. It's been a while, but it's one I'll never not have on the list. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. For me, my number 15 is The God of War. Uh, the remake. So, I just played that this past year. And... I think it's a combination of I always loved the original God of War series, but I only probably played the first three and then it fell off for me. Um, this one between the Norse mythology, the the thing of maybe now because I'm a parent, the father son relationship that's going on in that game is like something I can relate to a lot more. And I mean, it's just the action scenes are well done. It's not quite as mindless of a combo hack and slash game as the previous ones. Uh, so there's nothing negative I can say about that game. So I, I knew it was going to be on this list. The question of where I was going to put it because it's so fresh, I can only play a 15. And I'm kind of leaving myself room for uh, if Ragnarok is as better as everyone's saying it is, that may replace it next year and who knows. 
Cool. Uh, speaking of father-son shit, so my next one at 14, Hot Shots Golf 3. And I have so many memories of playing this game with my dad. Like, this is the game by far that him and I would play together the most. So that definitely is one of those reasons that will always be on the list. But also, it's one of those games that I perfected that game. I unlocked every single thing in the game, every single item. I beat every single tournament and mastered them. I even had a, you know, a par two on a, or a hole in two on a par five in Albatross. So, complete lucky shot, but that's still, it's still my favorite golf game ever. I love golf games, and every time I go back to it, it's maybe like once a year, I'll do like a round or two, but I still just have a great time, and the music's burned into my skull. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, my number 14, speaking of a game I've played too much, uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Of the old school Dooms and whatnot, this beats out Wolfenstein. It beats out Doom. Um, I love the attitude of Duke. Bikinis. I loved, I mean, just, yeah, shake it, baby. <laughs> like, just the ridiculousness of that, but also the amount of secrets. And, you know, I know from Wolfenstein and Doom, it's not that crazy. But the weapons were what really sold me. The idea of, like, you're freezing my favorite weapon is the shrink your enemy and then go over and stomp them. Uh, the random, what I always called the shocker gauntlets, but they shot missiles out of your hands. Like there were so many really innovative and cool weapons. Um, plus the idea of like, you're this guy just trying to single handedly save the earth. It just was the right mixture of that nineties, like sex attitude, overly violence, all the to heavy metal, that I grew up on in love, so I'll never not go back to that game every once in a while and still find myself giggling and enjoying it. Original soundtrack of that. Take that, Doom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, number 13, Fallout 3. Uh, talk about obsessions. It's the game that introduced me to Bethesda-style RPGs. You know what? They can be janky, buggy messes all they want, but god damn it, do I still love them. And honestly, Fallout 3 had my favorite world of any of the ones that I've played. Like, I think New Vegas is a better Fallout game. I think Skyrim's a better game in general. Uh, I liked Oblivion a lot as well, but Fallout 3 was like, it had that newness factor to it, and just like the way they crafted Washington, D.C. Even with the horrible, confusing like sewer subway system that you had to go through for a lot of it, like the set piece moments in it or top tier for all their games and shit like that. So I love it. Like that's the one that if I'm, if I would ever go back to one in this day and age, it would, I'd pop in three. Yeah. That's what shocked me though. I know one year in 2016, you did new Vegas for as much as you talk about how much you love new Vegas. It always does shock me. You go with three over new Vegas. You know what it is? Three is just more memorable, even though Vegas is a better game. Hmm. Interesting. So my number 13 is Streets of Rage 2. Um, you may see this on Jim's list. Eh? And it's it's the best. It's Well, it's my favorite 2D beat-em-up. And the soundtrack is the best soundtrack on the Genesis. Um, it's still fun as shit to go back to by yourself or with a friend. And if you want to see me do my, doing better than Jim, watch our Drunken Long Play in the links below. But, yeah, um, anyone who ever wants to suggest a 2D platform or uh, beat-em-up from that time, 
go back and try this if you haven't already. And if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's either this or Turtles in Time. Those are the ones to go to. So Yeah. Uh, my number 12, good old River Raid. God so, damn it. One of my favorite shooters of all time. It's the perfect pre-NES game in my book. And you know what? There's something to be said for the extreme convenience factor of such a simple, fun game like this that I can just walk over to my Atari, boot up, play it once a month for a half hour, have my fill. Uh, I have a free version of it on my cell phone that I can break out during a poop break. It's just, it's a perfect game. So, for as simple and stupid as it is. Uh, I'm probably not even all that good at it, but I just still love it. And I only really like the 2600 version. Like, every other version's a little more advanced, has more enemies. But there's something about just, like, the sound and, like, the color scheme of the 2600 one that's just, like, that's River Raid to me. Hmm. Okay. So this year, number 12, Age of Mythology. Um, I always used to split this between Age of Empires 2 and Age of Mythology. And even though Age of Empires 2 was the game that cemented me in RTSs. Like, the first game that I ever tried was Age of Empires because my Uncle Jer, who showed me this game where you can do ancient civilizations. I always liked that game. But then Age of Empires 2 took it to a different level. Uh, but I just realized with my taste and everything, whenever I go back, I haven't gone back to Age of Empires 2 in so long. Age of Mythology, I'll still boot up every once in a while because I just love the goofiness of, like, have a fucking minotaur going against, uh, you know, the Egyptian jackals. Like, like, there's just something so crazy about that concept that I'm shocked more games haven't done. I guess the best example in today's world is Smite with that, like, MMO with all the god characters fighting each other. Uh, it's RTS done really well with a goofy mythological twist. So I always, it's another one I recommend to folks if you've never tried it. You can have some really good fun, and the campaign is really well done, and it's broken down into the Greek one, the Norse, and the Egyptian. So, yeah, give it a try if you haven't. Yeah, I always enjoy the Age of Empires games that I have played. Yeah. Uh, next up, 11, Call of Duty Black Ops, the original, original, not the new Black Ops. New Black Ops. <laughs> yeah, god damn their naming conventions. Those motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was... This was my obsession. This is the call, the COD that I put the most time into. I had had the most prestiges in, that I had gotten the technically, te- you know, quote unquote, best at. Uh, even though I was a little shit dick and had the revive, you know, thing on all the goddamn time. But hey, what are you gonna do? Get me alive. Got me some more score streaks. <laughs> but yeah, um, that was just that. Was, like when it comes to a COD game, like that was the one for me. And it dropped a lot from like other years, whereas just because. Actually, not that much. Maybe a couple spots, but COD just isn't that much of a priority for me at all anymore. So I kind of barely play it. So that knocked it down a little bit, but it's still, you know, always going to be probably my favorite first-person shooter ever. Well, I was going to say, like, it also, just COD in general, you always need a spot on this list because it, I mean, you can easily say from, what, 2009 to 2015, 16 it was the most played game you did for that chunk of time. Oh yeah, for sure. That that yeah, that franchise for a good five six years was Everything. that was that was what I put the most time into for a good chunk of my game in life. So yeah, it'll always be on there at some point. Nice. My number eleven, going with nostalgia again. Super Contra Three Alien Wars to me the best Contra game, the best shooter. Uh, it it's just. 
between the soundtrack, the powers, the ability to, and how you move your your guys. Um, I actually stumbled across one of my comp books that I had where I redrew the whole game into my own comic version <laughs> nice. because I memorized all the bosses so well. Um, yeah, it's... I don't think a lot of Contra games today translate that well. The original Contra, I feel like so many of them, you got to have two-player or they are just so unreasonably hard. Mm -hmm. And that one I always found to not be that bad because I could beat it myself without the Contra code. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about that one that's still, it'll always be in my memory. And I I downloaded Contra, the, um, what's it called? The Capcom. Oh, the Konami, Konami Contra Collection. Yeah. yeah, I have it both on my Xbox and on my Switch. That's the game I go to the most from that. So yep, yeah, yeah. Always I'll say it's probably there. it's probably the best Contra. Yeah, uh, I mean, sure, it's fuck isn't Rogue Corps. I, <laughs> I think I bought that for two dollars and I want my two dollars back. Jim, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, very very shocking. Like I just could not believe just how bleh that game was. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, but uh, all right, jumping to number 10, it's the only new entry I have on my list this time around. And it came in guns fucking blazing. <laughs> XCOM 2. Boom. You're going to hear it in our last level 50 video. You're going to hear it in our review. Uh, you probably saw me do it on Twitter. I could not stop gushing about this goddamn game. I I really haven't had a game be that like impactful and just blow me away probably since Fallout 3. Like... That's one of those games where I was like, it like just opened up a brand new like world of gaming to me. Even though I had played a couple strategy games before it, or turn-based tactics games, I should say, mm-hmm. like that's the one where I was like, holy shit, this is this is like this done right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's for everything that you said, but for how infinitely replayable it is, and just how like, and we're gonna talk about this again, how like you don't hate losing at it because that's how you learn. So when you finally do win, it feels like such an accomplishment. Yeah. I will say that is one of, as going through Midnight Suns, I hit a mission where, like, I kept, some of the heroes kept dying. And, like, you really got to work on, because I wasn't doing the right strategies and this and that. Uh, The only nice thing with Midnight Suns is that gone is the bullshit of, like, you can never miss an attack. Oh, really? That's a big part of that. (laughs) Oh, but that's part of the fun, Brian, that crippling pain of missing a 95% chance attack. And just screaming bullshit and almost cracking your switch in half over your knee. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that really is a great game, and I am happy to see that on your list. Yeah, it might drop, you know, as years go by, but I think if I ever touch a strategy game, it's going to be that one. It's fucking perfect. Who knows? Once you, if you decide to go back and go through War of the Chosen, you may actually bump it up. I I actually had started. I was like good couple hours in the War of the Chosen, and uh, that it was like like I was telling you when we were doing the review. Like for as much as a newbie to tactics game is, like it's such a kick in the dick. XCOM two base XCOM two to War of the Chosen is just that much of a kick in the dick. They expand on it so goddamn so much. much. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, amazing game. So my number 10, this is my placeholder that I always do for whatever the latest Mortal Kombat is, and Mortal Kombat 11 is the placeholder here. Um, I've said, 9 reinvented that franchise so much and still probably has technically my favorite story. 10 just took the controls of 9, made it better, added in some things, 
and Eleven did the same thing. They increased the cast. I love the fire god version of Liu Kang. Yeah. So badass. And they also had some, like, every year the DLCs blow me away with who they get. Like, Ten has, for the horror guy in me, Ten had the Jason, Alien, Leatherface, like, great ones. But Eleven had John Rambo, Terminator, uh, fucking RoboCop, (laughs) Spawn. Like, it had some people that went, wow, this is so awesome. Nether Realms, undisputed kings of fighting games in my eyes. I don't care who you put them against. In modern day, nobody does better stories in fighting games, has better fun mechanics, and gets better guest characters. So, yeah, without doubt, MK will always be in here. I just can't wait till. I don't even know when their next one's going to be announced, but that game came out in 2018. Now? It's been a while. Nineteen. Yeah. It's been out for a while, so I'm I'm hoping we're due for one soon. Yeah, maybe 2019. Yeah, 18 or 19, because it had its like you know switch port with like the super simple graphics and shit like that. But it yeah. came out at the same time. Yep. But yeah, no, I loved Eleven as well. But speaking of fighting games, my number nine Tekken Tag Tournament, the first one. Um, because during the course of this year, I actually played through Tekken Three for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but like fully played through it, and I, you know, it's art, it's arcadey, so I beat it with every single character. Do you like count it? So, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I was like, fuck, man, I really do love Tekken games. So after I did that, I actually did a couple rounds of uh, Tekken Tag, but I didn't count it for my level fifty list. But I was just like, this is even better. It's just got more characters. There's more everything here, but more. So to me, it's like a perfect Tekken experience. It one hundred percent holds up. It's my favorite 3D fighter ever, so it'll never not be on here. Yeah, for many years I've had the Tekken games on my list. I just haven't gone back in a while. I know if I do, it now it just becomes a question, which one do I, like, do I go to the latest one? Like, I don't even know at this point. Yeah, yeah I, have to, I have to get around to Tekken 7. That might make my 23 list because I have it. I haven't played it yet, but, I mean, here it's good. Yeah, and isn't there another one coming out? Isn't Tekken 8 coming out? Tekken 8's year? coming out either. Yeah, it's probably coming out in 23. So it's like, do you just go to that one? I don't know. Yeah, I, I might. I mean, I have other <laughs> Tekkens that I've skipped. I don't know. What do I do? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Meh. You tell me. <laughs> so number nine for me is Dead by Daylight, a game that the horror fan in me loves every aspect of the idea. It's the <laughs> this game ran because Evolution walked. The asymmetrical one versus four style is something that Dead by Daylight has managed to perfect. They've been out since 2016, and it's still on their base game. Has it been that long? Yeah. Really? So. Holy shit. They've gotten a significant, I mean, it started with like five killers. Now they're up to 24. Wow. They've gotten the most licensing of any franchise, especially when it comes to horror franchises and licensing, because it's a pain in the dick, as we learned with Friday the 13th, um, a lot of games have come and tried to dethrone it. None of them worked, and there's a lot more slated for next year. There is something so well done about this game, but at the same time so infinitely frustrating. And as I mentioned in our Level 50 Club, um, the number one issue with it is the community. And I could save myself the heartache by not engaging in post-chat conversations or whatever, but the entitlement of people on both sides is out of this world. The shitty play styles of some people, 
I, I don't know what to call it, but I know I enjoy playing it. Even though when I'm really frustrated, I'll go, ah, just one more game. So, yeah, it, it, there's no chance it can't not be on there. And, Jim, I definitely need to get you, especially since it is on Game Pass, I need to get you on there. And one of these streams, we got to have you going on there. It's gonna be it's gonna be painful, <laughs> especially jumping into a game that like everyone else is an expert at, and I'll just be like, "Hi guys!" There, trust me. What what is interesting is the thirteenth of every month, everyone's rank resets. Now, granted, there is like MMR ratings, but uh, no, trust me. When I restarted my character at Steam, because I knew the game so well, I was smoking people, and then you do eventually catch up. So you will be starting with people that are brand new, just like you. Oh, all right. Might be the only time I get to do it then. Yep. All right. My number eight. Uh, speaking of infinitely replayable, fuck, fucking Rocket League. Uh, this goddamn game. Like, I know people like to like shit on it and stuff like that. Like, oh, it's barely a game or it's a game for kids and shit like that. Like, fuck you. It's just stupid fun. It's so goddamn simple, but it's so goddamn fun. And I don't, you know, it's it's still one of my most played Switch games, even though I maybe touch it once a year. Or, like, you know, a handful of times a year at this point. And I'll pop it on and be like, oh, I'll play for, like, a half hour. And then that turns into, like, a five-hour span. Then I'm like, okay, I got to get back to doing other shit. So then I don't, I purposely don't touch it again. But it's that game that can just suck me in so goddamn easy. It's just so fucking fun. It's so satisfying to hit some crazy goal or to have some crazy ridiculous block or some shit like that. Or come from behind victory. It's just stupid fun. And it's on everything. Yeah, it's a kid's game. <clears throat> <laughs> coming <laughs> so my number eight if only uh, the audio version could see my face right now <laughs> i think you can all imagine it um similar to jim it's dropped a few spots for me but this is my call cod spot um it, and i just decided to just leave it at black ops 2 it usually was fluctuating between world of war or black ops 2 or 3 but black ops 2 was the one you know, introduced me like sticks and stones, which that 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 thing was so. I was so you ridiculous in that, that game. Fucking mode. <laughs> it, between that mode and just, I was that asshole that in regular matches I would be running around with tomahawks and it would just, I'd be driving people crazy and like you'd get the dogs, you'd get like some crazy kill streaks. It was the last true like, before they start fucking with like special abilities and flying abilities or whatever it was the last really good one yeah and it has some of my favorite maps it's just that is the quintessential like when i had the best time with call of duty mm-hmm. so yeah though that will always be on here and like jim said we do get it i still play the newer call of duties and will continue to it's just it's lost its luster um, especially because things like Black Ops 2 still had zombies mode, and it had some of my favorite zombie mode maps. So that was the most complete experience for me. Yeah, like I said before, I kind of treat COD now as like a night out at the bar, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend 70 bucks for a night, but it's like, you know what, I get a night out with the boys. So, Jim, you need more nights out with the boys, and you need to start playing COD more. And I know, Stop well, playing Rocket League. Now we're not doing goddamn level 50. I'll have more time for it. <laughs> So what you got for number seven? Uh, number seven. Another one of those series that it's got to be here because of the chunk of life it took out of me. But it's my favorite one from it, Guitar Hero 2. Uh, it's still going to be my favorite of those rhythm games from that era. 
I was 100% sucked into that fucking genre for years on end. Uh, it was literally all I played besides that and a couple sports games for like the mid to late aughts. So I missed out on a fuckload of shit because I just kept going back to them. But yeah, that's still my favorite soundtrack and introduced me to new bands that I fell in love with because of it. Uh, some of those songs I can still fucking just breeze through on expert with no problems. And it was before it got like too ridiculous too. like the later games, like the paracord changes and the, just like the level of ridiculous tapping and shit like that you had to eventually do. Like it started to cater more to the hardcore crowds and the genre kind of burned itself out anyway. But I still think that's like my favorite one. I'll say like either rock band one or world tour, are probably like the best ones, but that's my favorite. Now, what was your now? What is your favorite instrument to use? Do you like the guitar or the drums? I mean, just like as a drummer in real life, I like using the drums more, which I can't with two. But if so, I mean, two is just guitar only. But oh, I still, is it? yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't remember which one started with drums. And yeah, stuff. drums didn't come until Rock Band One or Guitar oh, Hero World yeah. Tour, which is like technically four. So, gotcha. <clears throat> so my number seven. The Resident Evil 2 remake. Of the modern Resident Evil remakes, it's the best one. Uh, it's another one that I look at a pinnacle point in the series where we were starving for a new Resident Evil. And granted, 7 came out and it was awesome for like starting its own timeline. But this remake really like brought us back to like zombies are scary again. It showed what we want out of resident evil game remakes i still think the third one is a lot of fun i think it gets way too much hate but two is just there's something special about that one and there's no chance it couldn't be on here and as much as i have nostalgia for the original resident evil 2 i do think the remake is a better game um so yeah there's no way it was not going on my list yeah i mean fantastic game it's the best game of cat and mouse saver yeah Damn it, Jim. All right. Uh, my next, my, the rest of my list basically hasn't really changed that much in ever. This so, one uh, changed quite a bit. Um, you, you've moved this one uh, a couple times. This has gone all up and down yeah, yeah. F- over the years. It's either really high or like somewhat low, and then it goes back up, and this is year it's back up. Fucking Shadow on the Genesis. Um, game I still absolutely love. It probably left the most impact on me in terms of like storytelling in a game. Gave me some of my first, like, true oh shit moments from a story in a video game. I love its open-ended nature. Uh, I The soundtrack is eternally burned into my head. The fucking caves still kind of give me the shivers, the heebie-jeebies. So, I absolutely love it. Nice. Even if it is, it's got its jank. It's got its jank to it, but... And a lot of people I know prefer the Super NES one, but I just like this one more. I mean, technically, our site did. <laughs> well, bro, if you weren't sabotaging the scores... I, Look at I, me, I like Jay Gormitage. I, I, I give real scores, Jim. Look at me, I like Jay Gormitage. Look at me. Look at me, I like going. Look at me, I like. I like menus. I like menus. Look at all these menus. I love the menus. Oh, look at these keywords. Keywords are cool. We established you had better soundtrack. Fucking keywords. Too. Had a better soundtrack. <laughs> the instrumentation's better quality. Yeah, better soundtrack. Compositions. Good yeah, chances. Better soundtrack. <laughs> fuck out of here so number six for me is super castlevania 4 um i it just like jim this is almost it, this is always on my list but it's just where is it going to be put um 
I've played through so many Castlevanias at this point, and especially this past year after getting the Konami collection. The only ones I haven't ever really played are the random, uh, like, 3DS or whatever handheld ones that now are, there are ports available, which I will get to. They haven't gotten to the 3D, the, the DS ones yet. They have all the GBA ones now. Yeah, um, but here's the deal. They are all copies of, like, Symphony of the Night, which I did like Symphony of the Night, but I don't, like, the Metroidvania when it started that, like, Jim with Guitar Hero, like, that's when shit got too confusing. I want a Castlevania that is a 2D platforming action game. That's what I wanted. This is the best controlling of those, has the best soundtrack, and it just, the control with the whip and all the way you can move, it was just done perfectly i still go back to it year by year excuse me um so no way it couldn't not make my list yeah i actually played through it for the first time this year it was my resolution game it's on my level 50 list great fucking title still has its fair i was actually surprised by still how much castlevania bullshit's in it oh yeah but it definitely was fairer than a lot of the other ones i mean the worst part of any castlevania game is always the knockback and it still has that it's got the knockback it's got the newbie trap sections of it's course, got that yeah. stuff but yeah it's still a little it's still more fair than a lot of the others mm-hmm. all right uh number down to our top five uh fucking here every year starcraft 2 uh i always gush about starcraft it's my favorite rts genre uh starcraft the series in general took i mean if you count up all the time i put into it probably months of my actual life was dedicated to that with the amount of hours i put in there between uh, StarCraft, Brood War 2 and its expansions. So, uh, StarCraft 2 is just a better playing game than the original ones. So, that's why it's on here. But StarCraft will always be on here. I absolutely love it. It's been a while since I've actually really sat down and played it. I really miss it. But it's again, I know that if I get back into that, I'm not going to touch anything else. So, yeah. So, my number five Fallout 4. Um, like Jim, Fallout 3 was my gateway drug into Bethesda. Uh, even before any of the Elder Scrolls games. And uh, I've played them all. I'm currently playing through Fallout 76. Other than the fact that I can't goddamn get back on it through my PC, I actually <laughs> really enjoy that game. There is some silliness to like the fact that it is a multiplayer game. The story's okay, but 4 just perfected all that shit. Added in base building. It's such, I mean, if you like Bethesda games, you like Fallout games, to me, this is the one you need to play. And to Jim's point, like, it got rid of some of the goofiness of the DC, like with the uh, the uh, the railroad or the subway stations and all that shit. Like, it didn't need to fill out its game space with that. It filled out Boston in such a good way. Really, really great. Can't recommend it nearly enough. Yeah, that's one I have to get around to one day. Still have never played four. Should add to your list, Jim. Maybe I will. <laughs> God damn, I have so many fucking long games already. <laughs> Jesus. It's all finally catching back up to you. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh god, I'm overwhelmed already. And like I have Sonic Frontiers I got for Christmas, so like I it's a Christmas gift. I do want to play it, so I wanna beat it. I wanna have it on my list. But that's, you know, fucking Breath of the Wild with Sonic. So mm-hmm. shit, that's gonna take a long ass time. Oh boy. Uh, and yeah, because after my year of playing Sonic, that's exactly what I do is jump into more Sonic. (laughs) 
But uh, next up, uh, number four, Mario Kart 64. Kart racers are my favorite type of racing games. Mario Kart's my favorite genre in kart racing games. And 64 is the one that I'm the best at. I've put the most time into. It's been part of my life since I was, you know, nine, ten years old. So it'll always be here. I'm shocked at this point, though. I mean, as we talked about, Mario Kart's one of those ones where, just like Smash, it's undoubtedly the latest game is going to be the best. Have you, at this point, maybe put as much time into the latest Mario Kart? No, not I mean not nearly as much as I put in the sixty four at all. It'll never no no Mario Kart will touch the amount of time I've put in the sixty four. Like gotcha. I really I really do love Mar- like Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is the best one like by far. That is the best one. That's the one to play. It's fantastic. I can't think of how you would make a better kart racing game. So maybe that's why we haven't seen a new Mario Kart this entire generation. But sixty four will always have my heart. Okay, nice. So for me. New entry and high up here because it's wow. replacing Holy something. Holy shit, coming in hot. Total Warhammer 3. So I've always had Total War games as a standstill, and I would always say, like, ah, Rome or Medieval. The thing is, I am obsessed with strategy based, and they're not real time strategy. I don't even know what to call them. I think they're called 4X, um, where basically, like, you start out in the main world, then you go localized, and then you actually fight a battle on whatever. Um, I love the idea of large scale, like trying to control like a country, a world, whatever you want to call it. And this game, just how massive it is and how big the map is, is everything I wanted. Because what I liked about Roman medieval was like, basically you pick some old historic, whatever, you know, the British, the Romans or whatever, and you take over the whole like Europe, Asia, Africa, like you take over that well, this is that times like 10 with the size of these maps. And now you just have the world of Warhammer, which I was never very, I didn't know much about, but I've gotten really deep into just the lore behind it all. And my nerd ass, it's like basically imagine Lord of the Rings mixed with Dungeons and Dragons mixed with, I, I would even say like horror shit. I don't know. Like you got vampires, orcs, elves, dwarves, all types of shit going on. Um, I can't get enough of this game and it's almost overwhelming how much is there. So it's not for the light of heart. It's not casual at all, but if you're into these type of strategy games, it's a must must play. All right. My, that's one I've always wanted to get around to, but I'm just like, again, I don't need another huge game to get into at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I know that'll be an obsession where I don't touch anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many times have I said that this fucking episode? (laughs) Number three, Super Street Fighter 2. It's my favorite fighting game of all time. Uh, I played through it a couple times again this year for level 50 to count it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one. I just don't get sick of it. And any version of Super or of, uh, Street Fighter 2, really. So, like, Ultra, I still will pop in on the Switch here and there. Uh, I have, like, Hyper on the PS2. Like, anywhere I have a system that can have it, I'm going to have Street Fighter 2 in some form. So, it's just going to be there. Makes sense. Yeah. So my number three, Left 4 Dead 2, still my favorite multiplayer, the most fun you can have where you're actually cooperating but, like, competing at the same time. Um, you're not going to have more fun. It's always been, It's been my number three since we've started this, and it'll probably always be there. Uh, I've gone back. It's still fun as shit to play. Valve hit the nail on the head. 
I don't know what the fuck Back for Blood was. As much <laughs> as I enjoyed it, like there was something just missing. The bo- the enemies were too spongy. The levels were too long. Whatever was there, it just didn't capture it. So right, I gotta say, Aliens Fireteam Elite captured that way more than Back for Blood did. For as much of like a mess as Aliens Fireteam Elite was, I still think that was a better Left for Dead style game. It, yeah, I mean, and I can't, I can't point to what was wrong with Back for Blood, but yeah, Left for Dead too, man. It just, it, it had fun in every aspect of it. Some of my favorite gaming memories. So yeah, it's always gonna be here on my list. You know what it is? I think they tried to reinvent, like they didn't reinvent the wheel too much with Back for Blood. But I think they did just enough to make it not fun, like the card system and just like yeah, how 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 incredibly bullshitty the hordes were at the end of well, every level. Well, and that's the thing is like yeah, it's like Left for Dead was there was I would never call that an easy game, Mm-mm. but when you were like barely struggling to get through the first chapter of like a campaign, you're like what the fuck? You're supposed to be struggling by the end. There, yeah, they, like I said, the enemies were way too spongy. When I did play the multiplayer. The balance of power was so in the monster's favor that it was like, I don't know. I think it was just a really big balancing issue. And who knows? Maybe by now it's changed. <clears throat> I'll give it another try. But you don't hear anyone talking about it. But yeah, to your point, all. like, I mean, I definitely put more time into Left 4 Dead 1, but Left 4 Dead 2 definitely perfected it. Yeah, for sure. All right, my number two. Hey, look what showed up again. <laughs> Streets of Rage 2. I mean, it's. It's the perfect beat-em-up. Beat-em-ups are one of my favorite genres of games. I'm a sucker for the genre. I like what I like, and Streets of Rage 2 has everything I like. I will say, if Streets of Rage 4's soundtrack was better, it might take the spot. Because I think it's a better playing game. But Streets of Rage 2 is just like so basically perfect across the board that that's the one that's going to make the list. Yep. <clears throat> my number two, speaking of perfect, Skyrim probably the most remade game of all time (laughs) i have to imagine in a decade span or whatever it's been now a little over a decade uh it's it's bethesda's masterpiece everything yeah everything i I mean it it was one of the selling points of the switch and at that point it was already like a eight-year-old game like it's just that's the staying power of this game and i know like gta 5 has great staying power but the fact that this game keeps being remade and people keep buying it in mass. And I'm one of those suckers who have bought at least two versions of it. It really is just the best open world, if you want to call it Western RPG. Um, the stories, the side quests, the shit that you get into in that, that game. And just, I don't know. It's just like that's how you make it where it doesn't feel like you're so overwhelmed with so many things to do that you can explore and do things, but you're never like just fully dicking around and just like petting a dog, which is now what like current games do. So it really is Bethesda's masterpiece. I have no idea when, whenever their next elder scrolls will come out. I don't imagine it. I I can't imagine something beating it, but I hope it does because it would be nice to try something new. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I absolutely love my time with Skyrim. So, Uh, my number one, Star Fox 64. I always talk about it, always say it's my favorite game. It's been top of my list for years, uh, ever since we started really doing these updates, you know, however, whatever sequence that we do it. When we first so, started, it wasn't. Yeah, no, when we first put our first list together, I had Streets of Rage 2, but Star Fox 64 is number two. 
but I think just like between like looking back and just how much time I put into it, I think there is more of a sense of accomplishment by like unlocking every single thing and being able to like constantly like give myself a better high score that would save that I could go back and try and beat again and again. And for a system like N64, which has such a problem with games holding up today, I'll say Star Fox 64 is one of the ones that holds up. It's kind of tough to fuck up a rail shooter if it's a really good one, so it has that going for it. But yeah, I mean, I, I gush about it enough. Star Fox 64 is my number one. Yeah. And same for me. Always has been, always will be. Uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut, and I'm just going to say Slash the Remake. To me, they are one and the same. The chances are, if I play one, I'm playing the other right after. Um, I, it just introduced me to horror. Made video games a whole different experience for me when I first tried it. Still the definitive defining what survival horror video games are. Um, and that remake showed what a remake can and should be in a game. So, yeah. I can't speak... I can't speak well enough about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a game that was a huge part of my childhood, and the remake was one of those game-changing remakes where you went, holy shit. So, perfect remake. Yeah, 100%. And I just accidentally unplugged some shit on my end. So, that's why I'm so dark. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't have the camera up. Oh, yeah, look at you. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Bra, you had to make it spooky for when you talked for, about Resident for Evil. Resident Evil. <laughs> it's the only way to play it. Damn it, Jim. No, but I, I will say. Uh, Bri, hide my rag. Damn it. It is fun going over these lists, Jim, but I will say I am um, pretty disappointed in you. There's three games that are missing from your list that I don't like. One, uh, since last year. You stop putting on, or since 2020, you stop putting on any Resident Evils, which is for shame, because you got goddamn River Raid and goddamn Rocket League on there, and goddamn. Look, right. No, no. There's something to be said for just a game that I can, and, and, and I'm going to go back to, that just, I'm going to pop in and but play. But I just look at, like. Resident Evil, I have to sit down, but you know what, these two? I have fun every time, and yeah, I pop them in way more. But, see, you're outweighing convenience for experience. You're convenient. You're, the Switch, when I, when I read your list, you've just come completely turned into a convenience kid. You're not a, a true experience kid anymore. <laughs> Sir, I added my <laughs> goddamn 80 hours of XCOM 2 into here. The fact that you put, and listen, I love me Tetris. Tetris 99, obviously way better than you. But... The fact that you even have them on there, it's like almost like you don't even need to say they should be on there. That's my only pro- I, so so Resident Evil, you know, for shame, you slap your own hand. Um, but I am shocked for you, it's, and you once again you cut it as of last time we did this. The WWF No Mercy, the fact that you have no wrestling games and that wrestling was such a big part of your life, that's huge and that's crazy that you you just take it off your list. You know, you know what it is with No Mercy? For as much as I played it and as much as wrestling was a part of my life at different points in my life, fucking that game is such a bitch to go back to. Like, I don't well, is it like... just when because I, all the save states get to delete it? Besides the fact that all my fucking save states get deleted every goddamn time. <laughs> that doesn't help. But just the fact that, like, the core gameplay itself, I forget just how bullshitty it is unless you've been playing it a lot 
and that you're really on your game with it. You got your like, reversals down and all that shit. Yeah, like if you just try to go into it casually, like it's not a fun casual time. No. It's not like a, it's not a fun game to revisit, even though it was like such a huge part of my life. Like I said just the fact for you, especially because you still watch wrestling, just that you don't have wrestling. And 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 the only other one I'm shocked because of how much you talk about it. You had it for one year, but I thought it would be a stay. Is your Doom 2016? Yeah, you know what it is. I think if I went back, like that was one of the most fun gaming experience I was, I ever had. But I never went back to it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I like ever like decide to go back to it, it would probably like jump back onto the list. But yeah, it's just one of those ones I never got around to like really playing again. And I still have to play Doom Eternal too. Yeah. Well, that and the only other one, just for your weird unique uniqueness i'll call it typing of the dead typing of the dead it's never been on your list that's an honorable mention i fuck i mean that made the list like one year and i do i do fucking love me that game like i love it so goddamn much but it's i mean if i'm gonna when i try to make these lists it's got to be something that like it's a combination of like nostalgia time spent with it staying power like going back to it power and as much as i fucking love it and sing its praises it's not one that i pop in all that often yeah no, it makes sense. It it is tough. Even cutting it down to twenty is tough. I had plenty of honorable mentions too, and like you, there's just a point where you go, okay, what's new? What's this? What's that? So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, with making these uh, making these lists and trying forcing ourselves to try new games, the hope is you find something that's good enough to to warrant a spot on here. Right. I haven't had Ocarina of Time on here in a long time. Yeah, that got booed. Never came back. I can't say I'm shocked from my little bit of experience so far. With, with your experience so far, you're not, you're not shocked? You're not shocked I, with that? I'm actually shocked it was on your list at all. But then again, your list earlier were very clear. Like, it was N64. Then you had this weird phase of, like, like it seemed like you just wanted to put in weird shit. The Rocket League one, like I said, I know it's a fun one for you. But that one still shocks me that you've bumped... I even liked your Splatterhouse phase when we were really into those reviews, and it clearly showed you bump, you threw that on there. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love Splatterhouse. If we had more slots, I'd probably bump that on there somewhere, one of the games. It would either be 2010 or fucking, uh, you know, the original itself. But, yeah, like again, you know, the amount I go back to it and nostalgia and all that. Yeah. Like you said, River Raid is a one where I know you have your weird collection with it. That's, you know, it is what it is. Um but Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you could probably get rid of Tetris just because that is such a basic like. Uh, everyone loves Tetris. Like that, like that would probably be the easiest one I could boot off my list. I could say that. Yeah, yeah, and XCOM too. Like you said, I'm not shocked. I'm curious. I don't know if that will have staying power for you. Like I, feel I don't like know that, either. That's yeah. the one that's like the biggest question mark. So yeah. it depends if I pop it in next year at all. You know, maybe I'll count, like, you know, a playthrough of War of the Chosen is my 23. We'll see. Well, when I was doing this list, like I said, I was popping things in and out, in and out. Like, I had Spider-Man 2018 on there, and I went, I really can't boot some of this other shit for there. And, you know, like, I had Hellblade last year. Still, to me, one of my favorite soundtracks. Best sound design in a game. I haven't played it since 2020, so I couldn't. I was going to consider Bloodborne. Like, Stick of Truth was the first year I didn't have that on here. Just because yeah. I haven't played in so long, and it's still one of the funniest games I've ever played, and it is a well done game. But I just I haven't played in so long where I'm like, eh, was it a flavor of the year that time? So yeah, like I was, I I almost put Blasphemous on my list. Like that probably would have been taking up like the Tetris spot, and like maybe would have been lower, or whatever. But 
that almost made the cut, but I was like, yeah, I've done so much more attaches through my life, so yeah, didn't feel right. Well, maybe after you're fully done next year, Sonic will get replaced by Shadow the Hedgehog. You know, Brian, <laughs> don't think it's going to happen. Jim, what I think we should do next year, we should all Top 10 worst? Years, top 20 worst. Top 20 worst? I, You know what? We should. We, we should. fucking should. So we'll just all And it's got to be a game that we've completely beaten, too. Oh, of course. So as, yeah. so as much as I want to put Sneak King on there, I never did all 80 levels. So It'll be on mine. Don't worry. I'm that. sure it'll be on yours. So. <laughs> no, but it's... Uh, it is fun doing these lists. It, it, it gets me retros like it, it makes me look at these and go, man, there's some of these I haven't played. In a little- I want to go back and play them now. So it is fun. And what I would say to all you out there listening, watching, you know, let us know what are your lists. Write them in the comments. Tag us on Twitter. Let us know what are your favorite games. Give us some reasonings. Like this is part of the fun. I love seeing why something's someone's favorite game. I always feel like your top five are generally going to be mostly nostalgia based unless something really wows you like it did with me yeah um but yeah i mean let us know in the comments it is fun to do this it's been a really fun year like i said we're gonna have a new contest next year i have some good ideas we have our patreon reviews we have a lot coming up so we really appreciate all the support can't wait to just continuing bringing you guys content and as always if you guys have any preference or anything you want to see, hit us up in the comments. We're always trying to communicate with you guys, and we hope you have a healthy, safe, happy new year. With that, we want to say thank you, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys. See you in 2023.